Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pads. I'm your host, Jesper, and today I'm very excited to talk to Daniel Parker, who is the founder of Air Managed which is a vacation rental management company in Edinburgh in Scotland. And he manages over a hundred listings. So Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. How is life in Edinburgh? It's great. Yeah. Um, we're, we're in June. It's uh, our Scottish summer. We're getting some nice weather, which doesn't happen very often in their uh, country, even though we've got beautiful scenery, the weather's not the best. Um, and we're just about to go into August, which is uh, the busiest time in Edinburgh for a city doubling size. And that's where I'm sure uh, well, some of you that listen to this might be coming to Edinburgh for the Fringe Festival in August. It's called the Fringe Festival? Yeah, yeah, Fringe Festival. So it's um, it's, it's gotten really, really big in like the last 20 years. So I'm from Edinburgh. I've lived here most of my life. And when I was growing up, you know, it, it was mostly it was, it was popular. Um but there's a lot of locals going to it, but now it's a huge international event where you're getting hundreds of thousands of people coming from all over the world to come and see all these shows. It's interesting to have a French festival in the UK. Oh, no, sorry, not French. It's called the Fringe, Fringe Festival. Oh, the Fringe Festival. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say, like, with <laughs> French festival. I'm sure there's Scotland. lots of French shows at it. Yeah, but, um, yeah, Fringe, Edinburgh Fringe Festival, yeah. That's what it's called. Awesome. What, what is it all about? They have, it's like a big arts, um, a big arts festival where they have everything like comedians, plays, um, street performances. There's everything. So there's paid shows, which is a lot of theater and um, world famous comedians. And then there's a big, huge part of it, which is a free festival as well. So you get people, and, you know, if you, if you've got enough money, you can go put on a show and then people come to it. And if they like it, they give you some money. If they don't like it, they don't give you any money. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, I've I've never I've been to Edinburgh a long time yeah. ago, back in two thousand two, when I was studying in the UK. Uh -huh. um, what I remember most from it was the 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 graveyard tour, where they they really tried to scare you, and and uh, it was <laughs> it was actually kind of scary, I have to say. Yeah, uh, Edinburgh's a pretty haunted place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know the the festival that you're talking about. It's it's a it's, it's a really big festival, right? So you're saying yeah. it attracts a lot of visitors from all around the world. Yes. How do you adjust your prices? Um, well, we try not to be too greedy. You know, some people will take advantage of this, so we use um, pricing tools. So we use Price Labs for our company, and that takes into account the you know the increase in volume. Um, some people double triple their prices some even higher than that um but you don't want to be too greedy and take advantage of, of people um you know it's great we've got this busy city and it's bringing lots of money to the local economy but um you know these are people that might they come to Edinburgh other parts of the year as well so you don't want to scare them off 
Got it. So, so you do raise the prices, but you, you don't go overboard. Yeah, we don't want to go overboard because um, we look at most of the properties we manage are, are full time and not year round. Um, so, yeah, it's great. It's a really busy month. We make a lot of revenue, um, but we don't want to rip people off. And we want to make sure that we get those good, con uh, good reviews but, um, consistently. And if you're charging too much, even though people do book, book your properties and they come and stay, they, will still, they might still leave a review saying, yeah, I felt I paid too much, that kind of thing. Because um, local hotels in the city jack up their prices really, really highly. And I think that's one of the reasons Airbnb does so well in Edinburgh is because it's offering, uh, another short-term insights, it's offering such good value for money because you might go stay in, um, so in our country, there's a chain of hotels that are called travel lodges, which are they're like, I, I don't know what might be a similar one in the States, for example, but it's, it's a, like a basic hotel. It's okay, it's fine if you're traveling. They're pretty cheap. But like a hotel like that might jack up their price to three hundred pounds a night, four hundred pounds a night, when usually you might be paying, you know, eighty pounds a night, that kind of thing. Right. And for those who don't who don't know how much a pound is worth, I think it's like a, about a dollar and a half or so. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, like you you could be paying up to five hundred dollars a night for a hotel that's usually worth a hundred dollars a night. Right, and that's a pretty basic, a pretty basic hotel. You're saying, right? Like something. Yeah, yeah. I think in the US, like the equivalent would be like something like a Super Eight or Motel Eight or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like it's got a shower, it's got a bed, it's comfortable enough. But if you get that, you should be happy. <laughs> right. I don't want to discredit them, but you know, it's fine. You know, it's, it is what it is. You get what you yeah. pay for. Oh but if yeah. You pay, sure. If you pay that kind of money. Uh, you know, if you paid five hundred dollars a night for a hotel room, you would probably expect quite a luxurious hotel room. You know, something really, really nice. Have you ever heard of the concept of the Formula One? Yeah, mm -hmm. Formula One hotels. Have you ever stayed at one? No, no, no. I've never stayed at one of those. So, so this is probably—I I would say—that's probably like the most basic type of hotel that exists, right? It, it, it doesn't have any people working there. Like it's—it's it's literally like a—it's kind of like a closet with a small bed. Or sometimes they, 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 yeah, I've stayed in one in Sweden actually, uh -huh. and it's uh, it's basically like a super small space, but they they mm -hmm. really make use of the space very efficiently right. by putting like bunk beds in there and stuff, and um, kind of like so, kind of like the the port hotels in Japan, that kind of thing. What's that? Kind of like like the port hotels in Japan. Okay, I'm not I'm not familiar with those. All right, good. <laughs> but I I do understand when why people would use those in Japan because the yeah. hotels in Japan are extremely expensive, especially yeah, in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's um uh let's talk a bit more about your your management company. Let's start sure. with like how how did you come up with the idea of starting one in the first place? Um yeah, so uh, I got into property a few years ago um and changed what I had my my portfolio was mostly long term um so i started when i started on the outlook of this i started mostly as investment on, on these properties and saw that you can make more money in the short term letting game um i started using a management company and the the service wasn't so great and it inspired me to create my own because i heard a lot of other people saying that the service they were receiving was so great and a lot of the a lot of the larger property management companies out there, vacation rental management companies out there. Some of them class themselves as technology companies. Um, whereas we set out, we're a service. We want to provide a really good, really good service. We're not going to develop a software or anything like that. So that was my goal was just to create a really, really good service and grow 
grow from that. And it's also, I, yeah, I really enjoy property, um, maximizing yields from property, finding, you know, downtrodden properties, turning them around, making them look really nice, get for short term letting, but also sharing our city with tourists and, get, you know, getting them to see our wonderful city because I'm lucky enough to live here and I've thought about traveling and living in other cities, but I'm, I can never leave. <laughs> We're, we've got a view. If you ever come to Edinburgh, well, you've been to Edinburgh, you know, you know, you've got Princess Street, you go along there, you've got the views up to our castle up on the rock, you've got the the Royal Mile and the Old Town, which is really, really famous. There's not many cities in the world where you get to experience this much history and take in this much culture. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of why I started this. And Edinburgh is a pretty Airbnb-friendly location, is it? Yeah, um, it's it's friendly. Uh, yeah, it is friendly. So there's not a lot of legislation at the moment. So you've got cities like London where they brought in the 90-day limitation. I think that was just over a year ago. Um, at the moment, we don't have any legislation like that. It would probably change in the future due to you know, similar situations in, in big Airbnb cities around the world where it's, um, you know, assisting with shortage and affordable rents, that kind of thing. So I'm sure, I'm sure that legislation will come in and change it. Um, most residents, you know, really like it. You get a lot of people who, who rent out spare rooms or in peak times like August will say, Hey, why don't I rent out my house and go on holiday and let someone come and stay here for the fringe and that and that'll pay for me to go on holiday somewhere for a month, you know? Um, that so we have clients in that kind of in that game as well who just want to do it for a month in August. Um, yeah, it's Scotland's quite well famous for being friendly, so it is it's very friendly Airbnb, tourism, all that kind of thing. Well, enjoy it while it lasts, because it definitely seems like uh, more and more cities are are bringing in uh, all sorts of regulations and stuff. But yeah. I hope it's not going to be too strict for you. Yeah, I I definitely can. I can understand why legislation needs to come in as well. You know, you need to make sure that properties are safe, um, and so and uh, and up to a level that people when they stay they have a good time because it's like Uber. So in some countries that's completely. There's no legislation with it, you know, with the shared economy, and then others like in our. So it's the same in Edinburgh for Uber. You have to be a registered taxi driver, private hire taxi driver, which means you've got to go sit tests. Um, you've done, you've gone through a check to make sure you've not got any criminal background, that kind of stuff. So I guess there needs to be the same kind of thing for Airbnb to make sure that hosts are safe, the properties are safe, all that kind of thing, and that gives people a sense of comfort when they're coming to stay in these properties. Cause um, you know, obviously when you go and you book a property and there's lots of reviews saying how great the place is, and how great the host is, you, you know that that's a good place to go stay. But if they're brand new and they've not got any reviews and there's, there's no legislation with any checks or anything like that, you're not, you know, you're less likely to book that property because you don't know how safe it might be and how great that host might be. Um, yeah, we are lucky at the moment. I'm sure. I'm sure legislation will change, and hopefully, it's sensible legislation that brings in that doesn't limit the amount of days. Because Edinburgh is a tourist city, 365 days of the year. We've always got big events on. Um, so you've got the Fringe. We've got um, you've got New Year, which is really popular. Hogmanay people come from all over the world. We've got marathons. 
there's the, at the moment, what was on last weekend, there's the Edinburgh International Film Festival. There's something on just about every weekend that draws tourists to Edinburgh. So hopefully the people that, you know, bring in legislation, keep it sensible, make sure it's safe and don't limit bringing people to Edinburgh. Are you, are you pretty close to uh, Lake Loch Ness? Loch Ness, it's not, well, it's not too far. Um, that's up on the islands. So it's about three, three and a half hour drive, depending on how fast you go. Because <laughs> I think when, when most people uh, think about Scotland, they probably think about the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, Nessie, yeah, yeah. So I got to ask you this, like, does it exist? Does Nessie exist? Oh, I don't know. You'll need to go and see. You'll need to go and find out for yourself. <laughs> I actually went. I couldn't find. I couldn't find her. Uh, but uh, but who knows? Maybe she's hiding Ma- somewhere. She must have been sleeping that day. <laughs> but I remember some uh, some really cool castles around the lake that I visited, which was awesome. Yeah, Loch Ness is is really really beautiful there as well. Um, great place to go and chill out, go hike. So let's go back to the the management company and specifically uh, when you decided to to start this company like what you know some of the challenges i can imagine Mm -hmm. are you know how do you find people to to manage their listings sure so that's that's the biggest challenge for any new company is getting clients um so i i've got experience in my Previous company I used to work for before I started this, I was a business development director, so that's sales, that's getting new clients in. I worked closely with the marketing department as well. So I had a good idea of how to get people in as clients and how to keep them. So I've got that skill set. But as, as a startup, you don't have very much money. Um, we're, I'm 100% owned and we've not borrowed any money or anything like that. So to start with, it was reaching out to friends and family, people that I knew had properties. Um, those kind of thing, even colleagues. So my first client was my old boss. Um, so yeah, speaking, just speaking to as many people as possible, relevant people, people that you know have properties, that kind of thing. Um, also did some kind of cheeky things as well, like going on Gumtree. Um, I'm sure every country around the world has Gumtree. In America, you've got Craigslist, which is much more popular. Going in there, finding people who had properties that they were um, looking to let out and then getting in touch with them saying, hey, have you ever thought about putting this as a short-term rental property on Airbnb, booking.com, that kind of thing? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Why don't I do that? Um, uh, and then, Yeah, and just you building up our client base slowly and then reinvesting money that we're starting to make into Google Ads and SEO and things like that because the, the guy I run this company with, a guy called Michal Breslin, um, he's a really great marketer who's really good at seo and ppc and google ads and those kind of things so we were targeting our competition um so that you know if you went and googled our competition or googled short-term letting an Edinburgh airbnb Edinburgh, we'd come up that kind of thing and then once we got a good client base we grew through referrals so offering a good service so you know our, our customers would speak to their friends who've got properties so hey I work with this company called Air Managed. They're really, really good. Um, I know that you're thinking about putting your property in Airbnb or you've already got an Airbnb. Why don't you give them a try? Um, I'd say that most of our business has come through referrals. So we must be doing a, a good job. Right. I guess I guess it's the hardest part is, is the beginning, right? When you don't have any customers yet because then yeah. the customers means no referrals. 
Exactly. So that it, when they're right at the start, referrals, yeah, that's not really an option. So that's when we relied more heavily on Google ads, being really targeted, being really clever. Um, and because I, I'm quite happy to cold call people and all the rest of it. So you, you know, reaching out to people, like I said, on, on Gumtree or Craigslist if you're in America, um, just speaking to anybody I knew that was in, had properties in Edinburgh. Um, just being really, really persistent. <laughs> I think having a salesperson as the spear, like as a founder, really, really helps because a lot of it, a lot of startups are in tech and things like that. You know, it might be a guy who's like a really good software engineer or developer or something like that, but you know, they're not maybe so confident going out and speaking to people. But if you've got someone who's confident that going and speaking to people, it helps a lot. But then the problem might be not be so good. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, managing management. Uh, sure. I know this is a big, a big, big topic, uh, a, a big challenge that a lot of people have, even people with you know, f way fewer listings than, than you do, even people with, uh, you know, like five to 10 listings or so. Uh, it seems to be very difficult to find a, a good combination of a couple tools um, <clears throat> where, where you don't have any issues and everything always works. <clears throat> and so I would, I would love to hear you know, what's what kind of solution that you come up with in terms of you know managing all the listings, making sure there's no double bookings, and, and yeah. just making sure that your business runs smoothly and efficiently. So you know, in the sense that you don't have to spend too much time. Sure. So yeah, every part of growing is using picking some good tools. So we use uh, quite a number. So we use uh, the first one that we ever started using and still use this day is Air GMS. Because when we started, we were only putting properties on Airbnb. We found it a really good tool. Um, the messaging part of it, the automation is so important because if you know we get hundreds of messages a day, and a lot of them are, and we would probably get hundreds and hundreds more if we weren't using automations like sending and check-in details and um, reminding people of bookings and checking in on their bookings, that kind of stuff. We would probably have much many more messages than we currently have. So that's really, really important. And I get that Airbnb and these other sites, it's about personalization, but you can do some personalization within these automations as well. And there's you've got templates as well. So we, we tend to use the templates but then personalize them a bit for each guest when they're asking different things. Um, so yeah, AirGMS is really important. And then if you're looking to expand and go into other channels, you use a good channel manager. So we use a tool called Hostaway, which also has some listing management elements as well. So that helps us get onto other websites quicker. So, you know, a lot of people start on one website and so they might start on Airbnb or HomeAway or Booking.com or whatever it is, and then think, I want to go on other sites, but how do I make sure all that works together? How do I avoid those double bookings? So that's when you get a channel manager. Um, we find Hostaway quite good. They're, they're very responsive to work with. Um, and then you need you need to make sure that you're priced well, and we use a tool called Price Labs for pricing to make sure that we're never too high, never too cheap, and that takes into account. You know, you've all no matter what city in the world you are in, you'll have different events or concerts and things like that where there'll be peaks. So you, you don't want to you don't want to rip people off, but you don't want to charge them too little. So that's when tools like this can be quite handy especially if you're not aware of, you know, everything that's going on in your city. Like an example, in Edinburgh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had the Rolling Stones play. And that drew 
uh, like 80,000 people to Edinburgh. So then the prices all go up. But if you're not a Rolling Stones fan, you might not know that that's going to happen. But if you've got prices still, then that's going to put your prices up. But then when you're not so busy and you're quieter seasons, um, that's going to bring down the price so that you're competitive with others as well. And then another then another tool that we use is um, properly. So we use that for cleaning scheduling, which is which is really important. The two main things that are really, really important in being successful of managing short-term lets is making sure that you give really quick answers to people, uh, really thorough answers, personal, and then making sure that your property is really, really well presented and as clean as possible, as hygienic. Um, so we use properly for that. So that allows us to create our cleaning schedule automatically, then we just choose the cleaners where they need to go. And also we can send our cleaners really detailed checklists as well. So photos of you know how the property should look when they're done, um, where certain items in the house need to go, like you know, hairdryer should go in this place specifically, the TV remote, we like it set like this. Um, we like a bunch of flowers put on this table like that. All these things that might be specific, because each property is unique and it needs set up in a, a different way. You know, a, a one-bedroom apartment is very, very different from a, a six-bed detached house with a huge garden. Um, they need different types of cleaning, so that, that yeah, that, that's really important. Um, and we make all those linked together to make our business run smoothly and efficiently. Wow, that was a, a lot of information there. Let me do a quick recap. So you, you've, sure. mentioned, you've mentioned a lot of things. Uh, you mentioned properly. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Alex and Tammy, who are the founders. Uh, I actually interviewed them in episode eighty-four. So if you want to know more about, uh, yeah, if you want to know more about the properly app, check out episode eighty-four. And AirGMS, I, I've also interviewed the uh, the founders. Actually, that was episode 210 mm -hmm. and so you can listen to that one uh also if if you do sign up for rgms i have a, i have a special deal you can use code uh, gpfyp30 and you get 30 bucks off uh let's see what else did you mention hostaway you mentioned hostaway right yeah um, yeah, I don't have a special deal for that one. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, so they're the, the, the four main tools to be used. Yeah, right. You, yeah, Hostaway. So I, I've actually did talk to the uh, the founder. Probably will interview them at some point in the future. But I've heard good mm -hmm. things about Hostaway as well, as well as well as AirGMS. Yeah, um, and then you mentioned uh, Price Labs as well, right? So you yeah. you're using Hostaway, AirGMS properly, and, and Price Lab, and, and those four combined. Uh, give gives you basically all the all the tools that you need to to manage your business efficiently. Yeah, more or less. I mean, we still do have some spreadsheets and other archaic things, but that's the main our day to day tools that we use to make sure that we run our operations as smoothly as possible. Right. Um, one question I have is, you know, how do you sort of combine these different tools? For example, I know AirGMS you can mm -hmm. use. Uh, it's it's for Airbnb, right? It's for people yeah. who manage on, on on Airbnb, not on uh, other channels. They probably will develop that in the future. Um, yeah. So how, how do you combine like AirGMS with, for example, Hostaway? So at the moment they're they're standalone, and that so that, that our all our Airbnb accounts are integrated into 
into Air GMS. And then host away, we have all our Airbnb accounts and we have all our booking.com accounts and all that kind of thing. So they are, they are standalone. But so, but if we're going to double check, like on a double booking or something like that, so we'll look in Air GMS first um, and then go into host away to check the calendar. So we're using it as the calendar tool. So they're, they're completely standalone, but Price Labs integrates in that it pushes the, so Price Labs pushes the prices into Airbnb and then Hostaway um, is able to grab the prices from Airbnb and then push them to the other channels and add a markup if we want to. So like Booking.com charge a higher commission from Airbnb, so we charge a higher price on Booking.com um, and Hostaway is pushing that higher price. So those all work together. And then um, properly can work with any of them. So I think they're working on a direct integration with um, Hostaway at the moment. But So the way that that works is you integrate the Airbnb account into properly, and then you can you add in iCals for the other channels that we use as well. So, like can, so we only need to put in one iCal, which comes from Hostaway. So Hostaway's bookings are then going into properly. That makes sense. Probably quite confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it is like it, if if, uh, if you've never managed multiple listings, like yeah. myself, uh, I will in the future. Actually, but I'll talk more about that in uh, in uh, in some upcoming podcasts because I've, <laughs> I've got some I've got some plans developing uh-huh. in the background. Uh, also, mm-hmm. uh, with regards to like managing other people's listings. Sure. But I'll talk more about that in the future. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I want to talk to you to kind of pick your brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I've just, what I've heard from, you know, from people who are managing multiple listings and, and vacation <laughs> rental managers such as yourself is that you know, it seems to be very, very difficult and complicated to find like a, an efficient way to manage everything. Right. It's, it seems like it's there's always going to be issues and, and things that don't work or um, oh, yeah. problems that pop up. Is that the case for you as well? Yeah. I mean, these things do happen. It's like any software. Um, I used to work for a software company before getting into property, into vacation rental management. And we have bugs. Every, every software has bugs, unfortunately. And it's just how do they deal with them? That's the important thing. So if we contact the support from, you know, AirGMS and say there's a bug with this, they, well, all of them, they usually get back just pretty quickly and say, yeah, that's been resolved. Um, you it's so hard to test any software to eliminate all bugs. Um, so as long as you're a fairly reasonable person, I'm not always that reasonable, but as long as you're quite reasonable and, you know, if you, if you work with, it's a bit of a partnership working with all these companies because they're providing us with a service to make, help us grow our business um, and lots of other vacation rental companies helping us grow our business. But then you need to let them know when things aren't working right so they can fix them. Or, or if you think of ideas as well, um, if you think, oh, I think this feature would be really good. If you go to these companies and you hear a lot of people saying, yeah, this, this feature would be really good, then they'll probably develop it because other people would want that feature too. So I think that's that's an important thing to realize is some you might see them as a supplier, you're paying for a license for a software or whatever, but they're they're also a partner as well. Well, I really like your mindset and your approach to this. I would say that's like a, a good mindset to have in general in life, right? When challenges come up or you feel like you have a problem, it's not so much 
the, the challenge that affects your your life is more like you know how do you react to it right and you can always choose how you react to exactly. any challenge that comes up so i really like your uh, your mindset there um let's see we're coming to the end of the episode but one more question that i wanted to ask you we've talked about you know how do you get new customers how do you manage mm-hmm. these listings i think those are probably the two most challenging um uh issues but i don't know maybe did, is there anything else that you've struggled with throughout the your your journey with this company i guess um as you're going to company outside of you know making sure you've got all these tools and providing a great service the, the biggest challenge in any company if vacation rental management or whatever it is is always staff um finding the right staff, because especially at the start, there's not many of you, and you all have to learn to work together. Um, so finding the right kind of guys, girls, gals, whatever you want to call each other, um, that can all work together and get on, that's that's so important because if, you know, there, there's only, like, we're not a huge company in our office, there's five of us. Um, so we all have to learn to get on because you can't have a day where you're not speaking to one of them because you all have to work together to make sure the job gets done. You know, the, the, the property managers have to work with the customer service people to make sure that any 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 issues are resolved. Or say, for example, the property manager finds that uh, there's a maintenance issue that needs to get resolved that day, then they need to communicate with the, the customer service person to say, oh, hey, we need this maintenance issue done. Can you let the guests know and make sure that's okay with them? That kind of thing. So I guess, make it, yeah, I, I kind of repeat myself a bit, but, Growing your company at the start, getting the right people early on is, is really important, as well as finding the right tools and finding clients. So how, how do you find good staff? How do you find good staff? Um, you've got to find people who, who you can just, it's really difficult. We go through a lot of interviews. Um, and it's just, I guess at the start, because I'm the founder, I'm interviewing these people and I'm just finding people that I click with, like, you know, do I think that they're going to be really good customer service? Um, do I think that person would be a really good property manager? And not, they don't always have direct experience in what they do. It's, it's. I look, I don't look for people who not always if they've got experience. I'm looking for people who I think have the right attitude. Like you know, a customer service person has to be someone who's got a lot of empathy and be able to deal with difficult situations. When I'm looking at a property manager, I'm looking for somebody who's really, really organized. How are they organized in their, in their personal life as well? So, yeah, it's, it's looking for the, those people who not necessarily have the experiences. Do they have the right attitude? That makes a little sense. Awesome. Um, for those people, if there's people listening who happen to live in Edinburgh, how can they find you and how can they work with you? Um, they'll find us, so our website's at airmanage.uk. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, just search Daniel Parker. We're also on LinkedIn. And uh, feel free, if anyone listening to this wants any advice or anything like that, feel free to drop me an email. I'm always happy to share in more detail about what I've talked about today because I've covered a lot. I talk very fast. I've got a Scottish accent, so it might not be so easy to understand. So feel free to drop me an email uh, at daniel.parker at airmanage.uk. And to conclude this episode, I just want to share like a quick anecdote. I, I actually just followed this. As you mentioned, uh, the Scottish accent, 
So I, I, you know, I moved to, to the UK in 2002 to go study there. And as a student, obviously, I had no money. So I started working at the, the St. Mary's football stadium in Southampton. Mm -hmm. And I was working behind the bar. And well, first of all, my English wasn't perfect at the time. So I was having a little bit of trouble even understanding most of my, my English colleagues and my English friends, especially mm -hmm. the ones from London, because they, you know, they talk a little bit different than, you know, what, what I've learned in the, in the classroom back in, in Holland. Uh, and so, but then my, my manager was actually Scottish. Right. Okay. And so can you imagine, you know, I, I moved, <laughs> I moved to England and then I start working and I have a Scottish manager. And I was yeah. trying to understand her, uh, but typically she would kind of yell at me from from like far away, and then uh -huh. she would like tell me things to do and stuff. And I mean, oh my god, it was I, it was so difficult for me to understand what she was saying. <laughs> and also, I didn't want to keep asking like like what what do you say? What do you mean? So I would generally I turn to my to my English colleagues, right? mm -hmm. and I would tell them like, uh, hey, did you did you like understand that? And, and you know, I really felt like in the in the dark a lot of the times, and so I at some point I told um, some of my colleagues I was like, uh, man, like it's, it's really really challenging for me to understand what she's saying. Sure. And I thought it was my lack of the understanding of the English language, but then my my English colleague was like, mate, I don't understand anything either. <laughs> <laughs> I sounds about right. <laughs> so uh, that made me feel a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not the easiest to understand. Uh, where I'm from, where, where, where I'm talking from today, Edinburgh, we've got what's called like a posh Scottish accent and we're meant to be easier to understand. If you tried to speak to somebody from Aberdeen today on this podcast, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't understand a word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very cool. Uh, well, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I think, uh, I've learned a lot from, you know, what you shared and uh, I'm sure the listeners uh, appreciate it very much as well. And uh, yeah, good luck with your with your company. I hope uh, you know you'll uh, you'll do very well in the future. Sounds like you've got a you've got everything uh, sorted out pretty well. So uh, I'm sure you'll do well in the future. And uh, yeah, maybe we can uh, catch up uh, another time and, and see how things are going there in uh, in Edinburgh. Yeah, sure, cool. Thanks very much for having me. So for people who want to check out the website, it's airmanage.uk. Not to be confused with air co.uk because most English <laughs> websites are .co.uk, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Um, I think somebody else, somebody else bought that domain before us. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, but you know what? .uk is actually easier, so yeah, yeah. it'll be a blessing in disguise. <laughs> all right. Well, all to all the listeners, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll be back soon with another podcast, so keep an eye out, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Get paid for your pet.